Marketplace is produced in association with the University of Southern California. Raise your hand if you're working overtime. Okay, now raise your hand if you're working overtime and getting paid for it. Long hours, less pay, and work emails 24-7. From American Public Media, this is Marketplace. Marketplace is supported by Allianz, managing more than $2 trillion in assets and providing investment solutions through its affiliated companies in the U.S., AllianzUSA.com. And by Reputation.com, offering patented protection for the online reputations of professionals and businesses, now including reputation assessments. Learn more at Reputation.com. From the Frank Stanton Studios in Los Angeles, I'm Sarah Gardner in for Kai Rizdal. It's Monday, the 16th of April. Glad to have you with us. The Supreme Court heard arguments today in a closely watched case over whether drug companies have to pay overtime to their sales reps. The outcome will affect the roughly 90,000 folks that visit doctors' offices every day, trying to convince them to prescribe their particular drug to patients. But the case does have implications for the rest of us as well, and it raises larger questions about the way we work now, tethered to the office by technology. Marketplace's Nancy Marshall-Genzer reports. The GlaxoSmithKline case is one of a flood of lawsuits filed by workers for overtime pay. Some complained of forced unpaid overtime, sometimes doing the work of colleagues who were laid off. Catherine Ruckelshaus is co-director of the National Employment Law Project. They're doing cleanup or prep work or filing reports, and they're not getting paid for that. Attorney Richard Alfred of Seifarth Shaw represents employers in overtime lawsuits. He says filings of these cases in federal courts have shot up more than 325 percent over the past decade. He says just a handful of those involved employees checking their email off hours. Alfred himself is on his BlackBerry. All the time. Alfred thought there'd be a flood of lawsuits from workers seeking overtime for checking email off hours. He says there've just been a trickle because off-duty workers are only glancing at their emails, maybe for five or ten minutes. But he says the law isn't clear on when that's overtime. So what constitutes work is still not clear. That could change if the Supreme Court helps define overtime in the GlaxoSmithKline ruling. Mark Bayard heads the Worker Institute at Cornell. He says, yeah, five minutes on email off hours is no big deal. But he worries about workers who are expected to be available online all the time. If people are expected to do the work, then they should get paid. And for a number of workers, that seems to not be the case. And I think that's an alarming trend. He says workers should be able to unplug. He admits checking his email a couple of times an hour after he gets home from the office, but he makes himself stop after nine. In Washington, I'm Nancy Marshall-Genzer for Marketplace. Things are heating up in the online restaurant reservation game. Open Table has been the big cheese in that business for years. It's connected to 17,000 restaurants across North America, and it's been dishing up steadily growing profits since going public several years ago. But now, Open Table has some competition. As Marketplace's Stacey Vanek-Smith reports, the Food Network is angling for a place at the online reservation table as well. The network that helps you cook your own food now wants to help you eat food that other people cook. Scripps Networks Interactive, which owns the Food Network, is rolling out City Eats, an online reservation system meant to rival Open Table. Open Table seated 89 million people in North America last year and earned $21 million. They've got their work cut out for them. 
Gary Steibel is a consumer analyst with the New England Consulting Group. He says OpenTable has a big head start and a solid business model. They do it the way the credit card companies do. OpenTable charges up to $700 to restaurants just to join. The restaurants pay $200 a month after that, plus a dollar for every person who reserves on the site. It's uh, way too expensive. James Chin is head chef at Chin Chin Restaurant in Midtown Manhattan. He doesn't use OpenTable. And City Eats is targeting chefs like him by offering lower prices. Oh, everything starts off with lower prices. <laughs> Jonathan Young is general manager of the Oyster Bar in New York's Grand Central Station. He says about half of his reservations come from Open Table, and it's worth the price. You really would have to almost keep someone totally dedicated as a reservationist, and we don't really want to do that.